Coming up in this episode, we're going to talk about the future of motorcycles or the demise. Plus, we're going to talk about our featured ride this episode, which is called the Piglet Run. Stick around. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. You know, if you ride as much as I do, you're putting a lot of miles and wear and tear on your bike. Now, whether you ride a lot or just a little, do yourself a favor and go buy Heartland Honda in Springdale, the first level five Honda powerhouse in Arkansas. Their red level technicians can help keep you rolling. Plus, Heartland Honda has a huge selection of Honda motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides with excellent financing options. Check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda, work hard, play hard. Whether it's summer, fall, or winter, anytime is a great time to get out and explore the beautiful Ozarks on your ride. Do yourself a favor and put Brad Bradshaw's number in your phone, 417-333-3333. Very difficult to remember. You'll never know when a relaxing ride will be interrupted with an unforeseen accident. Brad's a physician, surgeon, and a lawyer, so he can help you with all aspects of your situation. So after the show, check him out online at bradbradshaw.com. Remember, save that number, 417-333-3333. Plus, he rides too. Welcome back to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. Joining me, as always, is Randall Boom Boom Lewis from Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. Yeah, got that big boom boom. That's what the that's, <laughs> none of that rat a tat tat stuff. That's what the fellows on the street are saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need it, I got it. I am okay. We'll just move right along here. <laughs> when you know, I was talking about brainstorming over what we wanted to talk about this episode, you come up with a thought that I thought was pretty cool, which is you know kind of rare, but yeah. I'm not, no, I'm not known for my thinking ability. Just the doing. Yeah. Talks I'm a, cheap. I'm a doer. Yeah. Talks cheap. Yeah. Get it done. Shut up and get to work. <laughs> so I, I love your hat today. Yeah. It brings out a, the color in my attitude. Wearing a, huh? wearing a ball cap that says, don't let your tongue get your teeth knocked out. Oh man. That's words to live by. It is. I think so. And you could use it on a daily basis. <laughs> Especially anymore. You bet. So before we get on to our main subject, uh, let's talk about our ride feature for this episode and the one I've chosen. And as promised, we're going to Arkansas and this one's called the Piglet Run. It's 168 miles long. And so it's easily doable in an oh, afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Starts at Mount, how do you say it? Mount Judea or Mount Judea? Depends on which biblical verse you got. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah. Starts there and ends up in Jasper. You yeah. can stop there at Jasper at the Ozark Cafe and yeah, have and a big feed bag. Wee, wee, wee all the way home. Wee, wee, wee all the way home. <laughs> I come up with this ride because 
there's another ride on there, and we'll talk about that the next episode, just to give you a, a heads up, which is called The Whole Hog, also in Arkansas. But I come up with this one because it's a little shorter and it allows people to get the best of Arkansas in what they can on an afternoon. And it includes uh, rides like the Pig Trail, the Arkansas Dragon, and of course the famous Highway 7. It takes you up into Jasper. Have you ever ridden this ride yeah. or been on these roads? Yeah. I Maybe have. not this ride specifically, but parts sections of it. Of it yeah, in different parts places. Of it for sure. You know, it's pretty cool because, like I said, if you've only got a day. 168 miles, you can do that blindfolded. Yeah, usually. Most people. Most people. Most people. There's always Nancy's. <laughs> the funny thing about the piglet or the whole hog or the dragon or whatever, you, you know, a lot of guys think, well, I've been on part of it, so I've been on all of it. Oh, no. Not the case. No. Not the case. And these are four rides, actually, because if you ride them backwards... As we discussed <laughs> exactly, before, exactly. they're an entirely different ride. You know, every time I go down to, say, the Fayetteville Rally, Blues Bikes and Barbecue, you know, I'll meet up with people or whatever and start bullshitting it. And they're like, yeah, we did uh, we did the pig trail this morning. I'm like, this morning? What's like 11 o'clock in the morning? What time did you wake up? It takes time to run the entire pig trail. Yeah. You know, so I think that's where there's a little bit of a misconception with doing the entire ride start to finish. Or hitting parts of it. Exactly. So if you've only got just an afternoon to kill, 168 miles, you can easily do this one. It's called the Piglet Run. You'll find it on page four of OzarkRides.com. So be sure to go check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, let's get on to your brainstorm of an idea. The future Uh. of motorcycle (laughs) styling or motorcycles in general. And as we always do, we pick and choose we can do that if you don't like it so we're picking on harley davidson and indian to be fair to both yeah and equally critical of both yes so So, so what's the idea that you come up with here's the thing i've been looking at motorcycles and i personally always venture towards the past you know it's just what i love it's what i like i'll say this about randy he's an old soul He's a young <laughs> punk kid. Yeah. But he's an old soul. I might it's be like a talking new... to your grandfather. <laughs> I might be a new model, but I got a few miles on me. Yeah. <laughs> I just think they took an old Hudson and rebuilt it. Yeah, that's exactly right. All the same parts though. Yeah. No, um, you know, for years I've always heard these old timers are like, oh, motorcycling just isn't what it used to be. And I remember when you had to kick everything and you had to push it and if it wasn't leaking, it wasn't right. You know, that's cool and everything, and then is is like the twin cams and stuff came out with Harley. It got to where they were a lot more reliable. They didn't leak. But now I find myself at a crossroads. Am have I? You gotten to the point where I have realized I have gotten to <laughs> some time ago. Yeah. Am I getting too old or getting older to where I only like what I like? You're becoming your parents. No. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> so here, here's the deal. And I got a lot of buddies that work at Harley dealerships and things like that. I know one of the dealer, local dealerships, the guys there really, really well. And uh, they kind of have the same feeling I do because what's on their showroom is what they like, you know. So I got to looking at the new models and the new lines. But not every model. No, not every model yeah, follows we're not, the same we're not, lines. We're, saying, we're not making a blanket statement that every Harley model is off. Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> we're talking about some specific bikes. and Right. And, and for me, and it's all personal. Everything yeah. we say is personal. Oh, I mean, yeah. because it's an opinion. It's an opinion. Fat it's like bobs, assholes. Yep. Everybody's got one, right? Some of them stink real bad. So here's the thing. Okay. Your touring lines, they're not much different. And thankfully they've kept, which I've always hated these bikes for some weird reason. 
but like the heritage and the deluxe they're pretty well the same a little bit sleeker in design a lot more tech and a lot more ergonomics to but them the changes they've made are very subtle yes but they're pretty well tried and true and i believe harley would have honestly had to keep something like that to try to hit any part of their old market now to my one eye the the street glide the electric glide they look pretty much the same yeah 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 i mean the road glide's got a little bit different reshaped these are their bread and butter line right now here's where it gets a little sketch for me you know they've introduced like the 750 street and those smaller line models the sports just still look somewhat the same they're starting to do a little bit different wheels and paint jobs and things like that but the Dyna model has always been a Dyna external shocks a little bit higher you know seat height super handling machines they freaking done away with the Dyna it's a soft tail with a Dyna name hate the idea of that there you I do I really genuinely do now you can BS me all you want about how they still handle the same and they're still you know, they're great, they're they're innovative, they're a lot better than they ever used to be. Well, that's about perspective. With motorcycles, it's sometimes how it looks, how it feels. It's damn soft tail badged as something else. Let's be straight. That's right. that's all it is. Something else, another mo- model that I've always loved is the breakout. In my opinion, and that's exactly what it is. That's all we're talking about here, folks. The new breakout is disgusting in comparison to... What I re, you know, what I think of a breakout. It's you know what, I was looking over those uh, this today. Mm-hmm. It's ugly. I think so. Like I said, it, it's a personal opinion and personal taste, and that's where I bridge the gap of, am I getting old enough to where you know something new isn't cool or isn't good, or is it oh, just not that so. good? <laughs> I, I'm not a Harley guy, but I have always you know tipped my hat to Harley for their styling cues. Yeah. I really like the looks of Harley bikes, but this, like you're talking about the breakout, the sport glide, the, this FXDR, yeah, or the fat yeah. bob, and then and the street rods, the street 750s. Yeah, you know what I'm I don't. You know. couldn't give me if you. Yeah, you could give me one, but I only for the purpose of reselling it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to the guys that love them, you know, I personally think where we're at our demographic isn't necessarily too in tune to them because you don't see any of them around here. You don't see them on the street here. You know, we don't talk politics here for a reason, and this is not politics, but am I crossing the line and saying they're millennial bikes? Yes, that is, I could be proven wrong, whatever. Well, Statistically, you are wrong to, according to some people. Yes. It's opinion. Yes, but it is a millennial deal. And Harley will come out. They've said it in numerous things. There's numerous press releases. There's numerous statements out there saying that they are trying to hit a new demographic. The millennials, the older generation that bought all the Harleys for years and years and years, they're getting older. Okay, They're not riding as much. They're dying, unfortunately. So where's their market? Well, they've it's got the new to, kids. to their credit, they have to stay alive. Yeah, it's it is the new kids. I just I just can't get down with it, to be honest with you. You new kids need to get some freaking style. Right. And we're not <laughs> get saying Harley is making a mistake per se, because no. it's a marketing deal. It's it's a planning objective. Right, right. We don't like it. You know, the tail sections are so futuristic in my opinion and so edgy and just kinda almost like remember that movie Tron? That motorcycle that was in Tron yeah. and like all the motorcycles you see in all these, you know, 
super futuristic looking. Yeah, that's what they're building and that's what they're doing. I mean, great. I guess if you like them, that's awesome that you found something that you love and you like. But so, yeah, as long as you're riding. Yeah. For me personally, man, get rid of that shit. Exactly. Now let's look at the other side of the coin uh, and go to my neighborhood because I've got issues too. Uh, yeah, Indian you do. <laughs> has come out. You said you weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, never trust a snake. Get right? off, get <laughs> off my lawn, damn kids. Yeah, Indian has come out with a couple of bikes that uh, the styling cues I dislike immensely, yeah. and I'm a big Indian fan. And that is their Challenger. I don't like that water cooled engine. Really. No, I mean, I'm sure mechanically and, you know, reliability, I'm rock solid probably. I don't know. Yeah, it's know. ugly. Yeah. The bike styling is ugly. It has the fixed fairing, which I'm not against because Harley has a fixed fairing. Road glide. A road glide, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the, the, the boxy look. Yeah, you know, when they first came without the model line, it was kind of split 50-50. Loved it or hated it. You know, like anything, the longer it sticks around, the more people are going to like it. Because road glides were god-awful ugly. People did not like them when they first came out. Now Is that right? I don't recall that. Yeah. Now it's like one of the most customized motorcycles out there. Like all these big wheel baggers you see, mm-hmm. the dopest ones are road glides. People are taking street glides and electric glides and converting them to a road glide. Even with the road kings and stuff, where the challenger doesn't hit for me, and in truthfully, like I, I I respect Indian Polaris, if you will. You know, I really like their motorcycles. They're super nice. They're really good running bikes. The things that I don't like about them are stupid. You know, minuscule things like their buttons and their toggles and stuff seem very cheap to me and very metric, if you will. I'm a Harley guy. It's hard to get past. So like on the Challenger and on the Chieftain and stuff, I don't like that headlight with the big chrome plate that wraps around it. Right. You know, I just, for me, I just don't like it, you know, but some people love it. But with the Challenger, it was just kind of split, you know, is it ugly? Is it awesome? You know, it is very boxy feeling and it is very just kind of. I I feel like it's, you're riding a, a shoebox. I feel like you're riding Frankenstein. It's got that big ass forehead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like a massive forehead to me. And you know what? I don't like the scouts either. Really? I don't. It's the styling cues of the water-cooled engines they're using. Yeah. I, I get that really is just a, a personal preference and being an old codger. Yeah. You know, get with it, old fart, but I'm not <laughs> going to get with it. I don't have to, and you can't make me. See, and this is what's crazy. Indians' water-cooled engines are in my opinion, far better than the Harleys. See, a Harley water-cooled, literally just, you have to have leg fairings on the touring bikes is where it's offered. You can't get rid of them because the radiator's in the in the leg fairings. So I hate the idea that you can't strip those things off. And all they literally do is run a water jacket around the exhaust valves. That's it. Okay, so they're not a full water-cooled engine. They're not a true water-cooled Yeah, thing. that runs through the head to the cylinders, you know, through parts of the crankcase, whatever. It's literally just a chamber around the exhaust valve to help cool it do down. It? Well, because everybody thinks water-cooled is the way it go, and that's why. Plus, it does, you know, numerically lower EGTs and head temperatures a degree. So anytime you can make one run cooler, it's going to run longer and run better, things like that. But we're talking about, you know, I remember back when I had my old shitbox Chevy, you know, 180 degrees, that's, 190 degrees. That's what you drove up in, isn't it? 
Now I got me a new truck. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> so anyway, you know, 180, 200 degrees was like, oh my God, this thing's going to melt down. Frick, cars nowadays run 220, 240, and that's what they average. So, you know, with modern technology and engines and aluminum engines and things like that, you can reach higher temperatures safely. and It's not going to, you know, cause any damage. But when you're talking about running three, 400 degrees, surely that's got to be different. So anything you can do to lower that temperature down is just going to produce longevity is really what it is. Well, Indian has another bike that I just hate. God forgive me, I just hate. I'm dying to know what it is. It's the FTR 1200. Really? Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of that breakout. Yeah, I could see that. I see that bike and I just, the first thing that comes into my mind, you know, the voices in my head and they're prominent. <laughs> it just says, why? Why? Yeah. Because, why? you know, the old saying. Because there's, there's an, somebody that wants it and they want to sell it to them. Yeah, there's an ass for every seat. So let's produce more model lines with different styling cues. And see if we can't hit it in the market. Yeah, we're not stupid. We understand the reasoning for it. Oh, and it's yeah. good business. I get yeah, that. Yeah, you'd be dumb not but to try. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about our smelly opinions. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and since we have control of the microphone, that's all that matters yeah. at the moment. I'm not opposed to change. It's just got to change the way I want it to change. <laughs> it's got to be a cool change. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, all these model lines we're talking about now, there's going to be aftermarket companies jump all over it. Custom shops taking on the challenge of what can we do to actually make this thing look cool or look different or what have you. It's just, man, from right out of the box, I think they missed the mark, personally. Well, you're in the design club over at Harley, and yeah. you get to choose. What kind of changes would you like to see that they haven't addressed? Oh, man. Um, Trick question. You did, he, Folks, he did not know no, that question was coming. I did not. That's the bad thing because I like certain things the way that I like them. You know, low slung, bare bones, minimalist, things like that. So with a lot of these bikes, the three biggest things that I do not like is their headlights. You know, they're getting to be kind of a funky shape. The, the buckets around them are getting to be, I don't even know what the hell you'd call it. You know, flat top, narrow bottom, almost like a triangle, which was cool in the 70s when it was a triangle. Um, kind of dated now. Yeah. Then the tail sections. You know, I don't like these high rise, a lot of wheel gap, you know, come to a flat point. It reminds me of a sport bike is what it does. Uh -huh. And I feel like you can take a traditional bike or if you will traditional and make them a sport bike without throwing all these fairings on there and all these plastic moldings and these weird tail sections you know i'm sure there's some science behind it but is there like i just can't wrap my mind around why you would have you know a fat tire on the back with a super big wheel gap what i'm talking about wheel gap is the gap between the top of the wheel or tire to the tail section your, uh -huh. your rear fender or something like that it just doesn't look like harley to me in it what i looks perceive like they harley. were intended on having them ridden off-road <laughs> somewhat but with high horsepower motors yeah. and badass street tires i mean it's just I can't wrap my mind around of where the direction is going. And I know it's because they're trying to hit the younger generation and the younger market and things like that. But man, it's just, it's just getting tougher and tougher and tougher for me to really get on board with a lot of them. It is. Lastly, you know, I said three things, so I got to hold it up. 
It's the wheel and tire selection. Well, the one that I'm thinking about the most, and everybody loves a fat tire. Everybody does. And now we get into a market where aftermarket, they're going to a fat front too. Cool. But the fat boy to me does not even look like a fat boy. It absolutely does not. I mean, I looked at that and I thought, where do you get off calling this a fat boy? Because it has solid wheels. That's where they're calling it a fat boy. Now, I've seen some highly customized ones that I'm like, yeah, dude, that that's pretty that's pretty rad. That's cool. And I've had a ton of them in the shop, you know, these new 1819s and you know some of the 17s, I guess, too. these fat boys. And I kind of like them once you get on them and ride them. But then standing back looking at it, I'm just kind of like, that's a fat boy. You know, that it seems a little bit odd looking to me. Uh-huh. So, you know, everybody's wanting to run these really, really wide tires. That's cool. I guess there's some science behind more tread on the ground. whoop de freaking do <laughs> No, uh, but I just like, I like a narrower back tire. I like those skinny old school bikes. Yeah. You know, granted, you know, in my opinion, a 200, 220, that's still considered a skinny tire to me. You know, where you, you bridge the gap in my mind of a fat tire is... 250 and above you know i remember the day when people were putting 330s on the back of bikes like they literally looked flat (laughs) they were just super super wide so i mean to those guys that love the fat everything and the big wide tanks and the big wide handlebars and the big wide rear fender you know great kudos glad you love it personally i'm not the biggest fan so when are you going to switch over to the metropolitan as your daily rider, <laughs> I, mm, that's tough. My commute is a lot shorter now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I still like speed, though. <laughs> well, this is the last episode of the year 2020. Mm, Were you aware God. of that? Thank God. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, me too. Me too. And we have some things we want to pass along to you as far as the future of the podcast. Uh, starting next month, January 2021. I'm not sure exactly what day, but it will be in January. We're going to launch a brand new dedicated website to Random Thoughts from the Road because this podcast is listenership and everything is taking off way beyond what I would ever have imagined when I started it. I figured it'd just be a couple of guys listening. Yeah, and I was okay with that. Yeah. But it's called, uh, it'll be randomthoughtsfromtheroad.com. Can't buy it. I already did it. (laughs) Suck it, folks. (laughs) Exactly. And we're going to do all kinds of neat things. We're going to be doing uh, giveaways, uh, contests, all kinds of cool stuff that it's going to be additional to what we are currently doing. Yeah, Yeah. So when that's launched, we'll let you know. But it definitely will be without failure next month. And we're talking baby steps here, guys. We're not we're not saying we're going to raffle off the moon here. Yeah. Okay. You know, you try shit and it works and it doesn't work like the, like the one writing on the doing oh, the podcast yeah. while writing. Yeah. The concept is awesome. Oh yeah. The reality of it is just doesn't work. It needs all that some well. work. <laughs> Not to say we won't ever try to revisit uh, that, but yeah. yeah. We're just two simple people trying to figure something out that's That's right. But we always try to do the very best we can. Mm-hmm. And if we can't do it up to speed, then screw it. We won't do it. We'll yeah. go on and do something different. Yeah, for sure. So anyways, those are some of the things that are coming up. You might keep an eye out for. We appreciate your feedback. We've got lots of feedback and appreciate every bit of it. Yeah. So until the next time when we tackle some other subject, which I have no idea what it is. It's for another day. (laughs) Uh, Keep it on the road. Keep riding. How about we just stay classy? Stay classy.